I don't know when I'm going to drop this podcast, but I'm going to record it today. We're coming off the uh, the, the Kentucky Derby, and uh, we bumping at uh, Jack Harlow. And my sensation don't even like Jack Harlow. I, you know, I was trying to put her on to the young young people music, but like she just she just stuck in her ways, and all she want to listen to is Thirty Six Chambers. Like, hey, bro, that came out thirty six years ago. I need you to catch up. You know what I mean? Like, catch up. Like my old old podcast, you know, Catch Up No Mustard. They used to do with Sean. Shout out to my homeboy Sean. Love you, Sean. Look like it's over with for Philly. But man, let me bring some energy to this podcast. Let me bring some energy to the podcast. So, uh, what song gets me pumped up for a podcast? I know it. Waiting too long. <laughs> Apparently, it's AAPI uh month. Asian Pacific Islanders. Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Look that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Asian Pacific Island Heritage Month. Let me not sound uh let me not sound intolerant, you know. But um question for you. <laughs> Can you feel it? <laughs> nope. That's not what she's ever said. <laughs> You feel me coming from a mile away. <laughs> yeah, because your voice is so loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. I got a loud voice. That's what keeps her happy, my loud voice. <laughs> I just got a question for y'all. When you hear the pod, can you... If you can, it's okay, but I can. Fill it in the baby. Sorry, YouTube. They're going to cut us out. Hey, baby, can you feel it? She's trying to talk to me, but I can't hear her because... Music you loud in the headphones. You pushed my hand. <laughs> oh, I didn't do it on purpose. It's Mike Jack talking. Oh, man. Golly. We about to have fun today. Yeah, yeah, we okay. getting the Michael Jackson vibes, baby. We getting the Michael Jackson vibes today. You know what I mean? Uh, hit the hold up, big baby, real quick for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have enough energy for y'all coming in. I did. I'm sorry. I apologize. I can't expect my co-host to have energy if I don't got the energy. I can't expect y'all to want to actively engage with me if I don't have the energy. Because the world was on my shoulders, you know? Book it down. Party in here now. Cause we're the party people night and day. Living crazy. I didn't do that on purpose. So tonight. Oh, I wanna rock with you all night. <laughs> Until the sunlight. Not that long. 
<laughs> no, not that long. What, Chuck said seven minutes? <laughs> you close your eyes. <laughs> seven Y'all don't believe the cow. Y'all think she would have crossed the, the country for seven seconds. Three days for three minutes. <laughs> Y'all don't believe it. <laughs> I guess we should start the podcast, huh? Oh. Hold on. It's just one more I want to hear before we start the podcast. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, y'all. No, I don't want no darn bad bunny. I'm a bad bunny. He just dropped the album, by the way. I don't really listen to him. <laughs> I don't either. I'm a man. All right, I promise you. I promise you, this is the last song. You know what? No, let's not do this. It's five minutes in. I'm just playing music. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey! Where did you come from, baby? All right, 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 all right. Hey, 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 it's the big baby, and I'm back. All up, big Oh man, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're just gonna we're gonna start practicing. You know, we're just gonna come in the office and we're just gonna practice on uh pressing the buttons at the right time. You know, that's like was it Juntao push the goddamn button? <laughs> they wouldn't have even noticed if you didn't make a scene right now. <laughs> nah, they would have noticed because it played three times and not two. <laughs> they know. I didn't even. I, I don't know. Sensitive. You didn't even I speak didn't even English right it. there. I didn't even press it down, and it did it again. Good, good. Cause you pressed it. Tw- you I press said it touch th- screen. You press it three times to stop it and start it again. Mm-hmm. Let's start this podcast. All right, yeah. Let's start this podcast. So we got a pretty full podcast for y'all. Um, I hope I didn't shut any of you off with our uh, musical uh, fun for the first five minutes. But if I did. Sorry. Uh, we're going to talk about Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, I think it's very important to talk about that. Sorry to the um, Asian and Pacific Islander community. Uh, I did not know that this was your appreciation month until I opened up uh, Apple Music right before the podcast. So I did not properly prepare to give a pandering statement to you all. Okay, sorry. I, I just don't have it there. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about who gets to decide on abortion um, can we truthfully speak about the dead and then a little bit of Rico talk? Okay. I, I think those are the important topics to hit, but let's hit the uh, mental health awareness thing. And, and the crazy thing about this conversation is, right, my beautiful sensation over here to my left told me, hey, you need to have your screenshots ready to go in a separate folder. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I only got one. Well, actually, two. And now I'm sitting here stalling to get to my screenshot because I actually got three. Anyways, <laughs> did you know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month in America? Despite efforts to increase awareness in recent years, 
it is frighteningly under-discussed. Raising awareness of mental health issues makes it easier to discuss treatment options, break stigma, and let folks know they are not alone. Yes, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And let me tell you, I I think calling it Mental Health Awareness Month is being a little short-sighted. I, I think that it's, you know, we're past the point of mental health awareness. With all of these different months and weeks and days that we have, kneeling before a game, all of this, all of this symbolism, I think we are beyond that on, on most of these issues. You know, when I see the pink, the pink come up for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I don't learn anything that I didn't already know. Why? Because I know every October we're wearing pink for breast cancer awareness. But my knowledge on breast cancer awareness ain't doing nothing to help someone survive breast cancer if I'm not donating to causes, if I'm not taking action, if I'm not lear- actually learning about it, like, okay, I'm aware of it. I know it bre- the breast cancer exists. But if you ask me right now, like, what are the leading causes of breast cancer? Outside of having a breast, I wouldn't know. I'm just being honest. It's a blind spot for me. I'm okay sharing my blind spots with y'all because I like to come here, be honest, be vulnerable, okay? But awareness doesn't equate to action. And I think that we need to talk more about maintaining positive mental health uh, this month, right? So let's make this maintaining your mental health month. Not just mental health awareness, because we can know about mental health. But if we're not maintaining it, maintaining a positive mental health, then it's just like me with breast cancer. You know of it, but you don't know about it. And I think that we've gone too far with just the awareness piece. Just want to talk about it. Define it. And it gets to the point that, especially for mental health, it becomes a buzzword, right? It went from being taboo. You can't talk about your mental health. You can't be depressed. You can't be anxious. You can't be sad. You got to go to work. You got to go to school. You got to take care of everything you got to take care of. And it doesn't matter how it makes you feel. You got to stay on that job, right? So now it's becoming a buzzword. It's becoming a crutch. And I'm not saying this to be to become to say that I'm anti maintaining your mental health. I'm not, but I am against using your mental health as an excuse. It can be a reason. And that reason may actually be valid. And we may accept it. Because I wouldn't expect somebody who is laying on their deathbed with cancer to be as functional as your average healthy 25-year-old, physically healthy 25-year-old. I wouldn't do that. But if you work for my company and you show up to work and you say, hey, I'm dealing with this 
physical health ailment that keeps me out of work. We usually send you home from work, right? We send you home because because of your physical health ailment, you are not capable of completing the job that we need done. Now, I think the same should apply for your mental health, right? We should be open to excusing people from not being able to perform at their maximum ability if they're not mentally healthy. Again, these are valid reasons. But if you tell me that you're not able to do your job because I hire you to do manual labor and you decide to smoke cigarettes regularly, eat awful food at awful hours regularly, drink soda, energy drinks, no water, and you begin to get out of shape. So you can no longer move at the pace that we need you to move at. You can't lift the things like we need you to lift. And I ask you to leave and you go, well, my health is bad. I've become obese, you know. I I, 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 I got shortness of breath. I've lost my strength. I got high cholesterol. I got high blood pressure. I go, well. What decisions did you make to get yourself here? I'm sorry, sir. You have to go. You haven't taken the time to develop your physical health in a way that we need in order for you to do this job. Again, that's the reason. Your physical health wasn't up to standard. That's not an excuse. And the same can be applied to mental health. You can be struggling with your demons. You can not be the most stable human being. You can be depressed. You can be anxious. You can be named that mental health disorder. And I'm going to ask you, what are you doing to maintain it? What are you doing to improve it? Maybe this should be improving mental health month, right? Let's make people aware that they can improve their mental health and not just lean on it. No, you can improve it. You know, are you take if you're prescribed medicine, are you taking your medicine? If your doctor tells you you need some meditation and time with a therapist, are you going to your therapist or are you taking your medicine? If they say, hey, you need to learn how to manage your triggers, for one, understand what your triggers are and learn how to manage them. And you don't. Oh, but I'm triggered. You triggered me. It's not my job to manage your triggers. It's my job to manage mine and your job to manage yours. Now, obviously, you you don't be blatantly disrespectful to somebody. If you know something triggers them, maybe you steer around. But part of having improved mental health is dealing with adversity and going through things that maybe make you uncomfortable. Because with, with uncomfortability... There's growth. I think about two years ago, I talked about the the pearl, right? And how the pearl comes from the sand inside the clam, right? And it just sits there and it, 
It just irritates the clam. It irritates the clam. And then finally, it spins out this beautiful jewel, right, that we give to our wives, we give to our girlfriends, we give to our mothers, our daughters, those that we care about. Maybe if we just trick and we give it to Shadi so she can come through. You know what I mean? Your mental health is the same thing. You have to work at it. You have to deal with discomfort. Because guess what? It's your job to maintain it. But if you're not going to maintain your body, you're going to say, oh, accept all bodies. Yes. No. This body performs better than that body. History tells us that. Uh, science tells us that. Statistics tell us that certain bodies work better than others. J just like if you are six foot seven, you are better suited for the NBA than somebody who is five foot seven. And that's just genetics. Okay. But if you're not going to manage your body, if you're not going to eat right, you're not going to drink water, how the hell can I expect you to maintain your mental health? If you're going to tell me accept all bodies, accept all people, nobody is wrong, there is no more standards, well, then, yeah, you're going to say, well, I'm depressed. And you got to deal with me being depressed. Well, no, 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 I don't. I do not. You have to deal with you being depressed. I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. But I can't help you. More than you want to help yourself. But I got it. I got it. There's more than knowing about mental health, okay? It's more than being aware. It's about dealing with it. It's about improving it than maintaining it. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month from the big baby. But let me open up the conversation, okay? Because my co-host here is much more sensitive to um, mental health than I am. She has her own journey. Don't know if she'll share it. Haven't asked her to. She'll share it when she, whenever she wants to. No pressure. But um, <laughs> all right. So taking away from what I talked about, uh, where you want to take this conversation? Do you want to respond to anything that I said? Because I saw you over there taking your copious notes. But I also know that you have your own piece prepared uh, for today. So where do you want to go with this one? Uh, we'll start with you talking into the microphone. <laughs> Is this pick on pick on me day? <laughs> not yet. Happy mental health awareness. No, 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 we're not picking on you yet. <laughs> Maybe next week. Um, definitely. There is a fine line when it comes to people using mental health as a crutch or and knowing not knowing unaware of the skills that they need in order to get out of that cycle that's a personal problem though right mm, not necessarily so that's basically what we're talking about we're aware of mental health so we're aware like oh mental health is a thing right but we don't know the types of mental health you know mental illnesses we don't know that there's a difference between mental illness and just having a mental health issue temporarily an illness is something that you actually have to deal with day in and day out where whereas everybody's going to deal with something in their life that they have some type of mental health things surface so you think talking about the difference between herpes and chlamydia 
Right. Herpes so you, stays with you forever. Chlamydia, you can take care of with antibiotics. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> mental health, Ill, I mean, mental illness and mental health issues are two different things. Um, and I mean, let's stay here. Let's stay here. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So, if you need to remember something, take a note right now. Let's stay on the difference between mental, like mental illness and, say, a mental health issue. Okay. Because I think so often people treat their mental health issues like it's a like it's a, a mental illness, right? Definitely. Um, and okay, let's let's just air you out a little bit, okay? You deal with no shit anxiety, mm-hmm. like I'd say that's a mental issue. Yeah, uh, illness. Mental illness. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. It's mental. It's mental illness. Right. Um. And you deal with it actually really well. Mm-hmm. And um, you continue to get better dealing with it, right? Mm-hmm. You don't use it as a crutch. Sometimes it's a reason, but it's not a crutch. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I hear people go, oh, I just, I'm just so anxious and doing this. I go, okay, what level of anxiety do you have right now? Because mm-hmm. I've dealt with somebody who's been anxious in ways and it's confusing and if you don't get it you don't know and part of that makes me way more sensitive it not make no the whole thing makes me more sensitive to the word anxiety right because i i live with it not that i have it but my partner has it so when she's anxious um maybe i'm not anxious but um i have to act in a way that an anxious person acts because it really changes your day to day it changes how you plan things. It changes where you go, who you hang out with, all of this stuff, right? But then I'll hear somebody go, oh, man, I'm just so anxious. I'm just anxious. Like, well, what's going on? Are you sweating? Um, Or are you just dealing with that 5 to 10% of anxiety that most people deal with when they walk into a room they've never been into before? Like, are you about to have a panic attack? Are you hyperventilating? No? No? Hey, dude, I don't want to hear about it. That's like you telling me you got a headache. Take a Tylenol, drink water, and get on with your day. I don't care. Yeah, so that definitely does bother me, too, when I hear people say, oh, I'm anxious and whatever. Any term that people use lightly when it comes to actually something more serious bothers me. But because anxiety is really close to what I experience... I, yeah, I kind, you're of, biased. I kind of roll my eyes. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> biased. I'm like, you're not anxious. You're just nervous or <laughs> you're, you know, scared or there's other words you can use to describe what you're feeling. And maybe you are anxious, but there's a level to it here, where, here it is. because all of us deal with anxiety. We have that fight or, fight or flight. That's exactly what anxiety is. Fight or flight. That helps us survive. All of us have it in order for us to be able to know what to do in situations that we actually need to run away from. When it becomes an actual illness is when there's things either in your mind or or there's not an actual threat and your body acts as if there's a threat. There we go. There we go. Because I think a lot of times what we witness is people discussing their social anxiety. And a lot of that is just a lack of confidence. Or lack of comfortability, right? Because it's like, well, I don't know how they're going to receive me. I don't know what she's going to think. I don't know what he's going to think. Uh, 
be confident in who you are and what got you to where you are, right? So when you're dealing with your little bout of social anxiety, like I could never sit at a bar by myself. Like, I, you know, I would be scared to talk to people. That's a you problem, not a me problem. I do it regularly. It's kind of my thing, right? Um, and I say that because it's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. And then when you talk about, you know, the your body going into fight or flight when there's no need to do either, I've seen your body do it. So once you've witnessed it, you go, bruh. It's your first day of school at the school you've gone to for the last three years. Who cares if you get clowned for your first day fit? <laughs> like you're not, you're not feeling, and like we're not doing this to, to bash people and minimize what they're going through. Uh, because people do experience things. And but what we're trying to do is properly frame what you're feeling, because what I also see is those who work in mental health are so quick to diagnose something common into something serious. And it's like, hold on, bro. Life isn't easy. Like every day is a winding road. You know what I mean? Like I'm serious. Like every day is not walking through the Midwest. The Midwest is flat. You can see straight for miles. That's not life. That may be parts of life, but that's not your life. You're going to have low points. You're going to have high points. You can't appreciate the high point without the low point. You can't know that you're in a low point if you haven't been to a high point. And, and you can't just appreciate stability, rhythm, a schedule. Without living in chaos. So through all of these things, you need to experience each level in order to build yourself into a more complete human being. And I think that in these mental health conversations, right, let's 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 push the conversation forward. I think that we're getting to a place to that we want to extract. We want to extract tough times from life. We want to extract controversies from life. We want to extract pushback away from people because we want to preserve their mental health. And all of these things that we're doing to preserve people's mental health is taking their mental health and just making it weaker and weaker and weaker. Imagine going to the gym. You've never lifted a weight in your life and trying to bench press 250 pounds. You can't do it. You know why? Because you haven't worked at it. But imagine going to the gym. The first day you go in there, you bench press 175 pounds, right? You've done a little work. You're just an average man. You've done a little bit of work. You weigh about 170, so you can just bench press your body. Then you go to the gym five days a week. You're working out your legs, your arms, your, your, your chest, your back, your abs, all of this stuff, right? You're just working out the body. Then a year later, maybe two years later, you go put that 250 pounds on the bar. Ah, you don't get it, but you get to 235. Then you go, you know what? Let me try this supplement, something that can enhance what I'm doing, right? 
We're not talking about roids. You know, maybe a little protein here or there, a little pre-workout, uh, some multivitamins and stuff like that, right? Let me change my diet a little bit. Like, let me find the foods that, like, that, that build muscle. Like, I want to just have muscle, right? So then you do that. And then two months later, you bench press 275, right? You end up surpassing your goal, but you did it because you trained. And what we're doing now is we're trying to get rid of the training process and go to max day. You know what I mean? We're trying to skip practice and go to game day. We don't want to watch film and see where we messed up, what we did wrong. We just want to say, oh, he triggered me. Oh, she triggered me. Okay. You got triggered. Oh, my God. Guess what? You're not a gun. They're not a gun, so you didn't get shot. They just shot a blank. A thud. It wasn't loaded. Oh, yeah, somebody pulls a, takes an a unloaded gun, points it at you, and they shoot it. Trigger. Oh, my God. Huh. But I didn't get hit. Now, what can I learn from this? How can I go back and train and prepare myself? Because y'all treat the trigger like it's the bullet. A trigger ain't never killed nobody. A bullet kills you. But when you spend so much time focusing on the trigger, focusing on the trigger, that gun, shit, man, the bullet's in your forehead. Because you was focused on the trigger. Instead of figuring out how to get away from the bullet, how to take cover, how to get your own bullet so you can fire back. I talk about fight or be funny, and people think it's a joke. But that's serious. Kids are cruel. How do you survive in school as somebody who's not a cool kid? Or how do you become a cool kid? How do you be the ugly guy with the cute girl? It's confidence. It's fight or be funny. Don't know. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. Don't nobody want to hear no. Oh, my mental health just isn't there. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm just I'm just not there. I'm like, okay. Okay. Then you hear the next day, oh, my middle health. People don't, people aren't attracted to weak people. I shouldn't say that. Most of us sane people who are confident in ourselves, who love ourselves, are not attracted to weak people. People have their shortcomings. We're all weak in places. But every, I don't associate myself with anybody who doesn't like a fighter. Who doesn't like somebody who loves themselves. You understand what I'm saying? And if you're comfortable. In your in your place of weakness. And you're not building up that strength. It's not okay. That's not okay. Some of our biggest arguments. Came from comfortability and anxiety. She can attest to it. Sometimes I get pissed off. I'm like, okay, I know you got anxiety. But what are we going to do about it? We just going to stay in the house and hide from it? He's always say, fuck that nigga anxiety. He ain't going to fuck up our day. We're not going to let him do that. Why? We got, we can't go to a party with our friends because anxiety want to come? Ain't no more room in the car. Nigga, you got to stay here. You got to walk. I don't know how you can take an Uber. Ain't no room in the RAV4 and F-150. Ain't no room. Seats is taken. 
It's already four seats taken. Yeah, I get passionate about this because <laughs> people are capable of more than what they than what they know they are. Mm-hmm. But now our society is enabling that behavior. It's like enabling punk punk behavior. Yeah. Yeah, because of this reality of of oh, mental health awareness. Being aware, being aware and and trying to do anything to make sure that your mental health is top notch. But like you said, life is hard and it's not a straight path. You're not always going to be happy and healthy and go lucky. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. You know, it's it's you got to. You have to get the tools in the moments of. Of the downside, you know, of these loops, you Instead of just staying stuck in those moments, avoiding it, numbing it, and just moving on and and faking, acting like everything's good to, just because your mental health and, you, you know, positivity only, no negative energy over here, you're going to go through the cycle again and again and again. Yo. So you need to get those tools. You need negative energy. How do you learn to find your positive energy if you don't have negative energy? Mm-hmm. I don't need no haters around here. Well, everybody doesn't love you. Right. And everybody doesn't love everything that you do. You're going to make a decision and your parents going to be like, that's dumb. Don't do that. Oh, you just hate me. Like, we made a damn decision and our parents like, oh, yeah, pretty good decision y'all made. I don't know, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> After the fact, <laughs> y'all just been sitting here texting each other in the group text saying, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but to that, you have to learn things for yourself, right? You have to get to it yourself. But if you're constantly avoiding, you're never going to get there. Mm-hmm. The quickest, what, the quickest way between two points is a straight line? It's through, yeah. yeah. So through through the bullshit, through the negativity, through the ups and downs, you have to go through that valley. Oh, I, thought- that, I think that would be the best way is through the valley. It's not the one that you want when you're in it. Definitely not. But when you look back, yo, chief, <laughs> it can't stop me from rapping, can it? Can it hop? Hey, come on, let's be real. He didn't let this wire, he didn't let this wreck stop him from making his first album. Right. And hit. <laughs> like, just think about Ye. Think about what Ye done been through. And we call Ye crazy all the time. Y'all call Ye crazy. I don't call him crazy no more. I just tend to say I don't understand him sometimes. Because. I mean, he deals with mental illness. If you were to call everybody who has a mental illness crazy, then we're just going back on the stigma that we're trying so hard to bring awareness to. You're right. You know what? 
they say he deals with mental illness. They say that, right? He probably does. He gives all the signs of someone who does. Yeah, I was going to say that. Based off of what we know, like in the public eye, we don't know everything, of course. So we can't base. No, but think about think about this right here, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you haven't followed it nearly as much um, as as I have. Mother passes away. Break up with Amber Rose that inspires one of the best albums ears have ever heard. He then dates and marries the Kardashian. Those kind of happen kind of in sequence, right? Ray J recently comes out and talks about how the Kardashian family is painting the, the sex tape as a leak. But actually, Chris Jenner was involved in it and it was planned and it was produced, right? Mm-hmm. And like the extra videos that Kim was worried about, they owned them. So they had them. So if anyone else had them, it came from them. And then how they said some things about Ray J for the new show. Um, I don't even know what platform it's on. I'm not going to big it up because if you hear this, you definitely you definitely know about that show, right? Um, to pretty much just get clout off of that, right? Selling your daughter into the porn industry... <laughs> In order for rich and fa- to be rich and famous, that's a different mindset. And you take anybody; they could be in the most stable for- point of their life, but you put yourself into that family, that content-based family. Like everything for them is content, and it's driven by the mother of the daughters. You know what I mean? I mean, one day he was Bruce, the next day he was Caitlyn, you know what I mean? Like, you see the many athletes who've fallen off, talked about, hey, I had to get away, that lifestyle, what? But all of a sudden, we're going to say, well, maybe there's something wrong with Kanye. Maybe. Or maybe the product of the environment that he was in, and a place to where he had had he had eyes for Kim for a while. I think I fell in love with a porn star. You know what I mean? Like he was talking about Kim. Like he had eyes for her for years, and they finally opened up and were able to get together when they got together. They talked about it in interviews. And you get put into that lifestyle, and you're the 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 genius creative that he is. And when you're that genius, you're not you're you're not you're not you're you you never hit your equilibrium. You're never there. You're always going to be unbalanced. So you're throwing in his unbalance. And don't get me wrong. That family is good at what they do. And there's another un- imbalance there, right? So you take those two imbalances where our imbalances kind of bring us, you know, here we be, you know what I'm saying? We be somewhere around here. What if that, imba- that imbalance took him from here, right? And then you take that and it, boom, you know what happens, right? If you have too much weight on this end, of 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 the of the seesaw, the thing on that end gonna fly off. So maybe one glad morning, he flew away. I wish I could have cued that song up that fast, but I couldn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I'm saying, I like to, to to bring it back to this mental health awareness conversation. Is that don't be so quick to judge people's situation because you're looking at it through your frame. 
looking at it through your lens. But sometimes you need to understand their lens. I'm not saying like look through their lens because it's their lens to look through. And then there's the societal lens that we used to could look through and that could give us some type of clarity, right? Some boundaries of where things are going. But now that there's no longer a societal lens because we accept all bodies, um, we, we accept all people and not say we accept all people, but like, it's, it's my truth. Believe my truth. Uh, we, we lose, we lose so much. Okay. I've gone on a tangent. Uh, bring me back in. You want, you, you got some more mental health stuff or you want to go into what's going to take women's mental health out to, out to Kalamazoo. Todd, the Celtics are about to blow it. We got dead air here. Uh, which one to do? Transition or keep going? All right, cool. So, um, let's go. Supreme Court ruling back from February got leaked about um, overturning of Roe v. Wade. The leak itself at the conversation that uh, I'm just not going to have here. Um, I think things leak for a reason. Uh, the Supreme Court is losing uh, its strength uh, day by day. It's becoming more and more politicized. And I think it's not what this country needs. But how do you create a law creating body, not a law creating body, but a body uh, that decides what what can and can't be done on the basis of the constitution while giving them no authority converse again conversation for another day but the leaked decision came out to overturn roe v wade uh if you don't want to read it just find somebody to talk about it there's plenty of podcasts to kind of explain what's going on youtube videos and it gives you a nice warm and fuzzy understanding of of it and it can go much deeper than I'm willing to go into because I'm not doing that much research in writing it unless I'm getting paid to do it. Just being honest with you guys. So ultimately the court's leaked ruling, again, this is this is not official, is that abortion is not an issue um, of the Constitution. It is an issue for the states. Now I think if it if it is an issue for all of the states, it is then an issue for the federal government. And if the states take it, it's going to further divide the states from one another. And I think the point of having a strong central government, the reason why we uh, eradicated the Articles of Confederation very quickly and we um, adopted the uh, United States Constitution was because we wanted a strong federal government that allowed states to be their own individual states but still follow fall under a government with fairly consistent values ish right so uh, for a long time i felt like we had that i feel like there was consistency uh, obviously each region is different but the more and more um, we live it seems like re regions are growing apart from one another and becoming more and more different but now the states have the abortion authority. Well, excuse me. If this passes, the states will have abortion authority. And I asked the question, who gets to decide on abortion authority? 
over to the woman. Who do you think gets to decide on abortion authority? Like, who should have the authority over an abortion? The woman thinking about it. (laughs) I know that's not the real answer, but why is this even a discussion? Why is this even, like, uh, not a discussion between us two, but why is it even a thing? Why is the government involved in abortion? Yeah, like, I understand to an extent to have, like, a deadline, right? Like, after a certain amount of weeks, you're... If you don't want to give it up for adoption, but because that's already, it's already more than just cells and tissue. It's an actual fetus in there. That's pretty much breathing and maintaining itself. And so that's the thing. I don't understand why it's being touched or addressed, right? Because the, the Roe v. Wade essentially says that once the fetus can exist on its own, mm-hmm. you cannot abort it. Now, I, I do see the argument for those who say, well, once it becomes a fetus, it, it, you're killing a human. Well, no, because it, it, it's close to a human. It's almost a human. But again, if it can't survive on its own, it's not a human. Because when I masturbate, I come into a rag or a toilet or whatever I decide to come into, right? And I'm saying all of that to say, are we going to get to the point to where we're going to be police and masturbation? <laughs> because what's crazy is the, the, the side of the house who's pushing this, we want small government. We want small government. We don't want government involved in our personal lives. We don't want to wear a mask. You can't make me wear a mask. But now you're telling somebody what to do with their personal body and it's getting to the point that some doctors some states doctors can face the death penalty for giving abortions so we're gonna go so like now we're taking life to preserve life and if we're being honest this is gonna sound cruel which not gonna say it. I'm just not gonna say it. But I just can't say it. I can't say it. <laughs> but like, like, who gets to decide? Because I honestly think, it's my man opinion. I think the two people involved in creating the fetus, because we're not gonna call it a baby, because if you kill a baby, that's murder. But a fetus, that's an abortion. Okay, There's a difference. Words matter. But I personally think the two people involved should be a part of that discussion. But ultimately, it's the person who carries their body, their choice, in accord to the emojis. Anybody. You know, I saw on Facebook, though, right, this conversation about it. And it kind of went, well, what if the man wants to keep the child and support the child? After birth, why should the woman be able to abort that child? Because that man was just as much as a part of creating that child as she was. Respond. <laughs> uh, that's case by case, I think. Because how was the relationship? Who was that man? Can he provide? Things like that. 
as a woman. This is me. Uh-oh. As a woman. <laughs> comes some bullshit. <laughs> wow. That's a joke. <laughs> Maybe. Coming from me, I would put those into consideration before making that decision. Who's the guy? Mm-hmm. I think you should have took that into consideration before you opened your legs there, Missy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if now yeah. we're if now we're going, is this person capable of raising my child? Yeah, but but hit me raw, don't pull out. You're not thinking like that sometimes. Well, that's irresponsible because I do. Before you and I got together, I did. And even since we've been together, I have. Now, I obviously think you're a capable parent. Yeah. But there was levels to our relationship to where our levels of protection changed. Let's well, not to get too personal, but, you yeah. know, we weren't day one. Oh, we're dating. <laughs> Take this Jimmy hat off. I don't need that anymore. <laughs> right. No, it grows because I, I want to be a present father. I don't want the life of my child in just someone else's hands, especially because I'm a man. You know how hard it is to get custody as a man? And the and, and the roads you have to go to if you want to get full custody and the, the, the woman doesn't want to give up the, the child even if you are in a better position to provide the best life for that child. You have to prove that she's an unfit parent. And guess what? Now you can't co-parent. <laughs> you know? So I personally think about those things. Um, I got to a point in my life that if a woman was not attractive enough to be the mother of my child, I could not lay down with her. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, hold on. People are going to be like, oh, look at him. That's your baby mama. Not me. That's a little shallow. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm out the game now, so it don't matter. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think go people ahead. have their fun phases of of um yeah, you know, drinking too much and yeah, and being irresponsible. Yeah, mm-hmm. being irresponsible. Yeah, young, dumb, and full of cum. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's really you've never heard that. No. Oh yeah, that's what they say about young men. But like sometimes it's young women too, and they end up pregnant. Then they go to Planned Parenthood. Uh-huh. Well, unplanned Parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's really what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you don't know how many conversations I've had with women before who have kids, and I go, I go, I didn't think I was gonna get pregnant, and I go, you didn't? You having sex? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can get pregnant. <laughs> Were you on the pill? No. IUD. Any of what it is? IUD? Mm. No. Was he wearing condoms? Any birth control. Yeah, yeah birth control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Was he wearing condoms? Nah. Was he pulling out? Nah. I don't know what we're talking about here. <laughs> it's like saying... <laughs> it's like saying... You drank a whole 12 pack 
I didn't think I was gonna get drunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, you drank beer. You got drunk. So, my stance is, I think it should go down to the individual. Um, I think that our federal government should not have a stance on abortion. It should say, if you are going to give an abortion, here are the standards for abortion. Um, again, if you make it a certain certain week, and I think Roe v. Wade is is, a, is probably the best. I won't say the best. I, I think it's the best way if you're going to wait to the last minute to do it. But the thing is, most a lot of these states are cutting it off at 15 weeks. Or plan to cut it off at 15 weeks. Mm -hmm. And I want to say 90% of abortions happen before 15 weeks. So uh, it's not as much of an attack on abortion as people think it is. And a lot of the pro, the pro-life people, a lot of the pro-life plans and pro-life states aren't going to say, from what I've read and listened to, it's not going to just be no abortion ever, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's still going to be, there's still going to be some, incest rape and uh something else i forgot there's another cause that they're like taking to different consideration uh now the ones who are talking about it six weeks uh screw you guys like i mean my goodness you may not you may not even know right that's being two weeks late for a period possibly uh depending on when you got pregnant right so i I, I just think that, again, there should be like a, a standard and then it should just go to the private market. And if it makes money to or makes sense, right, to open up an abortion clinic in a city or a state, then do it as long as you meet the regulations. But if it doesn't, then you don't have them. I just think we should let the market dictate. I think, honestly, too often uh, we let the government make decisions that we should let the market make because oftentimes the the market is just more pure because it really speaks to the wants and needs of the people much more than a bureaucracy ever can. Kind of got a little serious with this one. It is serious, but ultimately if we're going to do what we're going to do, women should be allowed to make a decision. Um, I think abortion should be legal, but I don't think, uh, but, but baby killing. No, that's murder. So, yeah, definitely take that for what it's worth. Um, You know, can we truthfully speak on the dead? It's going to take us into a different conversation, but I saw an interesting, a super interesting um, quote on uh, the Instagrams, you know, and and Joe Budden actually talked about it on his podcast. And I'm looking in the wrong place for it because, you know, anyways. They were talking about a tweet in reference to somebody uh, recently passing away. And it said, speaking ill of the dead will break generational curses. I go. Because I grew up as somebody who was taught not to speak ill of the dead. And I tend to not. I don't set out to say bad things about dead people. But I would truthfully speak about somebody once they've passed away. And if they if I felt that way while they were living, them dying doesn't change how I feel about them. 
Now do I just say, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. No, 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 no. I'm humane. I'm respectful because that dead person has live family members. And I don't want to trigger them. Or, hell, I want to say put the bullet because the dead, you know, that's a step too far. Um, but I, I want to be, you obviously want to be respectful, but it kind of opens up something. Does speaking, if we decide to speak ill on dead people, will that break generational curses? Like, like how do you take that quote? I don't think it's going to break generational curses. I mean, just in the fact of the term speaking ill, you can speak your truth. No, 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 no. Speak the truth. The truth. You can, you can be honest with, you know, the feelings or the thoughts or whatever that you have with that person, but to purposely speak ill on somebody especially the dead is not going to bring generational curses is actually going to continue to bring a, a curse into the family because then your kids are seeing you act that way and then they think it's okay. And then it just continues to go on. And I don't think that, I don't think it's respectful. I don't think it's necessary because you can say your truth without it being rude. Yeah. Right. And and here's the thing, man. I see where they were trying to go with it. But it's somebody being on woke Twitter trying to get to retweet, probably try to get some some DM from a woman. You know how these these in touch woke guys do. Um and I think that it goes into how we have the family member who kind of does some stuff that we're not okay with and hasn't, I'm not aware of it happening in my family. Right. But sometimes there's the family member who may be sexually abusing people or maybe the creep. Right. And people know about it, but they don't say anything about it. And then they just kind of like turn a blind eye to something, not realizing that they're traumatizing the next R Kelly. Um, you know, and that's, that's a joke, but that's serious. Like, uh, not defending anything R. Kelly did, but R. Kelly was sexually um, abused as a child. And most people who sexually abused children were sexually abused as children because guess what? What we are introduced to is right to us, whether or not it's right or wrong. Not excusing it, just, just having a conversation here, right? And I think they're trying to go in that direction. Like, if we have these open and honest conversations about people who've passed away, um, it would help us advance ourselves and advance our families and stuff. But for one, I'm tired of y'all talking about breaking generational curses because a lot of your general cur- generational curses started um, during integration. Okay. Uh, and it's going to take us into the next thing we're going we're to talk about uh, and Kevin Samuels uh, back when um, talk, talking to black people right now. Okay. Uh, when we actually owned more things because we couldn't use the other people's stuff. So we had our own stuff and we had our own ecosystems. We had our own economies. We had our own communities that were thriving. Okay. We had our own sports leagues. Uh-huh. Yeah. You see that right there that o- over my shoulder right here. That's, that's the Negro leagues. Yeah. Atlanta's Negro league team. Right. Uh, we wouldn't dare start anything like that today. So when you start thinking about these generational curses, you might be the first generation of the curse or the second generation of the curse, right? And little do you know, 
you're part of the problem that you're fighting against because you get so caught up on all uh, this historical stuff. But look, man, no, you don't speak ill of the dead. If we want to have a conversation about somebody, I think we should speak truthfully. Like uh, I tell people all the time, hey, man, if people go up to when I die talking about how nice I am, miss me with that. Don't go up there and talk about how nice I am. I have a good heart, but I'm not an extremely nice person. Would you agree with that? Yes. Like, like, don't. No, I'm an asshole. Yeah. I, I tend to speak my mind, and I, I say things that rub people the wrong way. Then I come back and I clean it up. That's that's me. That's who I am. Yeah. Say that about me when I die. Don't say, "Oh man, he was such a nice, uh, uh, nice person." You didn't know him. Exactly. <laughs> so with these conversations about the dead, I think that. We do so much to preserve their legacies that we misremember people. But I also think that we need to be sensitive to those who have passed away. I think we need to be sensitive to their families, sensitive to their loved ones. Like, just think about this. Kevin Samuels passed away last week, and his mother found out on social media that he passed away. And not only does she have to find out that her son passed away on social media, which I think it's sick. But I also understand it's people reporting news and that's the media doing the media's job, uh, letting the people know what goes on. You'd like to think if you are a source with that information and you're about to break it, you could at least see if the family knows. But at the same time, you get paid for what you put out and being that source. So if you sit on it and somebody else is sick and nasty, they get to report it. And you don't get your due for it. Which maybe you should be okay with that. I'd hate to find out that one of my loved ones passed away on social media. I get it if it's like third line. You know what I mean? Maybe even if it's somebody I went to school with. Something like that. But like if you're like if we are close friends. If we communicate via phone. Via text. Via group text on a regular basis. I'd like to find out that you passed away before I see the RIP post. Um, you know, and that's how his mom had to find out about it. But worse than her having to find out about it is she had to see some of the nasty stuff that was said about him. And now we're going to have a conversation about Kevin Samuels. Um, but I want to talk about some of the nasty things that was said about Kevin Samuels. Like, what was it? Um, Vivica A. Fox was like, Karma, rest in peace. Yeah. Like, hold on, you mean somebody speaking his mind means he should die? Because you don't agree with his perspective? It's okay that he's no longer living? Because maybe he challenged your views. Maybe he challenged your experiences. Maybe he said some things that rubbed you the wrong way. I'll tell you what, man. If somebody criticizes me and it's not true, it doesn't really bother me. I go, that's ah. nothing. But if somebody says something about me and it speaks to some of my shortcomings and it's actually valid, I'm triggered. I'm triggered. And it's not their fault I'm triggered. It's my fault. 
because I can't manage my triggers. Now, I need to manage my triggers, go find cover so I don't get hit by the bullet so I can return fire, right? But what were your thoughts on some of the stuff you saw about the response to Kevin Samuel's death? I think it's disgusting, to be honest. Like, it kind of goes into the mental health piece where everybody's sensitive to, or like you said, the word triggered, um, to everything, as if there's just no negative in this world and you have to guard, you know, guard your energy and all this stuff. I think they take it too far where somebody's, words are having them think and feel that death was their you know was their karma for it like that's just wild to me how many times did you listen to kevin samuels before preparing for this podcast uh none Boom. <laughs> you don't have to listen to it. Here's the beautiful thing about the internet is the things that we consume on YouTube or on Instagram are our choice. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's sent to a group text, group message, got it. You, you may read it. You may listen to it and you go, you know what? I don't like this. And then anytime you see that person's face again, or you see their name in the caption, just skip it. Just skip it. You got to protect your peace. You got to protect your peace, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you, you can only get so mad about something that you do to yourself so many times, right? Uh, the, if, if I get drunk and I wake up with a hangover, I can only be mad at myself like the first or second time. But once I know my alcohol tolerance, if I decide to surpass it, or if I just think that I can keep drinking and I got to wake up early in the morning. Oh, that's a me problem. That, that's not a, that's not an alcohol. Well, it is an alcohol problem, but it's not alcohol's problem. Yeah. Word that better. <laughs> it's not alcohol. It's not problem. alcohol's problem that I'm hung over. It's my problem because I chose to get hung over. So if you're triggered by what Kevin Samuel says, it's not Kevin Samuel's fault that you're triggered. It's your fault because you decided to continue to consume something that, um, interrupted your peace or triggered you. Yeah. And I think that the karma for words is death. And you talk, and it's the same people who want to talk about protecting their peace and being heard and be and being understood and and being under, you know what I mean? And like, and being like, oh yes, my mentals aren't right because of this right here, nigga die. What? Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, your mentals are not right because you're wishing death on somebody for talking, yeah, and not even to you because hey, he just he just he just disrespects black women. There's not a woman that he spoke about on his show or spoke to. I don't say spoke about. There's not a woman that he spoke to on his show did not ask to be there. They and asked. stayed and stayed. Like if it was really a problem, you can hang up or whatever, right? Yeah. You're on a Zoom call. Yeah. So they have the choice to get out of there. But they continued the discussions. These women like continued the discussions and continued to 
to be involved and let him talk the way that he did to them say the things that they did like you could have made his those responses cut short and just just like you said with you know you don't have to watch it you don't have to read it but here's the thing they wanted the information they valued what he said and for those who don't like it it's okay but he had over a million followers on all of his socials which means what he says what he said resonated I'm not saying all of it's factual, but it resonated. People learn from it. Hell, if somebody's going to tell me that I'm average at best and here's what I should expect in a relationship and I sit there and continue to listen to it, I'm mad. I stayed on the conversation. I could have hung up. But no, these people ask for that. And if you know how he is, you can't get mad at him for being him. You can only be mad at you for being mad at him for being him. But again, we don't live in a society that does that anymore. If people are supposed to dance around our triggers and and not and not control their own. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to shoot me, you got to pull the trigger. I can't pull your trigger. Yeah, I can't pull your trigger. You got to pull your own trigger. Now, let's get into Kevin Samuels because I did not consume a lot of Kevin Samuels while he was living. Uh, I consumed some. I thought it was cool. I, I thought a lot of what he said was valid. It's just not what I was interested in listening to. I just consume other forms of media throughout the day. I consume a lot of sports media and listening to somebody give women dating advice um, who were looking for who were looking for what is a, a a high a high value man, which I consider myself. Um, and I would see most of these women, and I would just like, yeah, I would never date you. And you think you could just get a guy like me or my friends? Hell no, we won't go out with you ever (laughs) and not to mention i'm also in a relationship so that's just not nah i'm good and it didn't really provide much content for my show so i just didn't consume much of it but uh to send him off you know rest in peace to kevin samuels like seriously rest in peace kevin samuels i think that he was he was great i think he was a great light for things that needed to be said I don't agree with everything that he said, but I think he started a very important conversation. I I think that he hit on some things that people don't want to talk about, but are, but are true. Like, yo, you can't be a six with bad, with like weird, ugly tattoos and two kids from two different dudes and think that you can just date any and everybody. It just doesn't work like that. Like every guy has their own ranking system in their head and certain little things are checks and certain little things are minuses. And you do the little, the little math game in your head as you're interacting with the person. Yeah. It's like that. It really is, you know, and I hope you do the same women when you're looking for a partner, you go through things that you like, things that you don't like and what's the cost benefit analysis. Okay. And, um, 
one of the big things that he 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 hit on was like having outside kids. Not only do dudes not want to raise outside kids because I think that men are are it's not the raising of the outside kids, it's dealing with the baby daddy. Like it's bringing extra drama to my door. And it, and it, and when I'm dating you depending on the age of your kids, like if you ain't got no babysitter, I can't just pull up. You just can't pull up. We can't just like do things on a whim. Oh, oh I got to get a baby. Dang, inconveniencing me. <laughs> and if the juice ain't worth the squeeze, then sorry, baby, you're gonna be a fat orange instead of some orange juice. You know, so I think that was important uh, to talk about some of the, uh, the the false and lofty goals and expectations that that women can create for themselves. That like, yo, this ain't your, this ain't your dating pool, like. This is not your dating pool. Like you don't play around in these waters. Stick to the uh, don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to, right? I know that you're gonna make it, but you're moving too fast. You're just moving too fast. And he had that honest conversation, and it hurt feelings because it's honesty. And a lot of the the prominent celebrity voices who spoke out against him, like like your uh, uh, Vivica Fox of the world, he wasn't talking to her. He wasn't talking to her. She over here trying to be the voice of of women that she can't relate to, like Vivica Fox was Vivica Fox was a poster on dudes' walls, people celebrity crush. You can't relate to the girl who can't get a man. Now, you might not be able to keep one. Because that goes into your personality and how you act. But you ain't got no problem getting a man. Now, getting a man on your level, another conversation. But nonetheless, I think that Kevin Samuels was a very important figure. I think uh, the pandemic allowed him to really expand and really touch a lot of people. And I'm happy to have had him in my life. Um, I'm happy that he he was able to spread his message uh, to the world. And I hope that we can continue the conversation going that he's made oh so popular. Now let me go get a perspective from a woman. What are your thoughts on Kevin Samuels? Um, so I think a lot of what he said, not a lot, I should, I most of what he said is, was truthful. Yes, the presentation of it <laughs> wasn't my cup of tea, um, and especially for women, I feel like you kind of have to present things in a way that makes us actually want to hear it and understand it instead of getting defensive, so that it can actually do what it's supposed to do. The conversation is actually, you know, what, what the conversation is supposed to do. You know, I think that's part of what his premise was. It's like you women are making all these damn rules. And it's like, Hey, you're making these rules, but nobody wants to play your game. But ain't he making rules saying, oh, well, that, this is not going to work and that's not going to work and this guy's not going to have that. And this he had they he has his own rules that he's talking about these high class or whatever it is. High value high men. High value men. So there's a rule book for each each side. 
I don't think he was making rules. I think he was speaking to the mindset of most of the men that these women were speaking to. And I'm speaking to the mindset of a woman, the way you, the way you present something makes us want to listen or not. Well, understand it or not get defensive or not. So instead of actually bringing like awareness and, and, um, growth with these women, I think it did quite the opposite where it's like now they're defensive and now they're not even actually gaining the information and education that they need from it because now they're just in full defense mode. They asked him for advice. That had nothing to do with what I said. You're saying his presentation was problematic. Mm-hmm. It's rude. And I'm saying that. A little egotistic. You knew how he gives it up. And you came and asked him for advice. And then when he explains something to you, you don't listen. And then you try to justify a behavior that he told you is problematic. So did you really want advice? I understand that. Because you're not receiving it. I understand that part. And like I said, most of what he said is true. I'm, I'm not knocking what he's saying. I'm saying how he said it. I'm going to knock how you're not talking into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I, and don't get me wrong. I think his presentation was crass. Um, but I also think that that's part of the showmanship of the show, right? Like in order to get people engaged and, and wanting to watch and repost and the viral stuff, you, you you have to flirt that line of let's have a conversation and let's let's, let's have messy. let's have a show, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, and I'm willing to bet that the best advice that you could get because he also did private sessions, mm-hmm. you could do a private session, and I bet that the conversation was way less, you know animated for the private sessions I hope so because I, I, I'm just willing to bet that it was just a better conversation because yeah. I know that there are topics I talk about on the podcast I'm way less animated and, and over the top if I'm having the conversation off of the microphone because I'm not entertaining right but I, I, I think that the anti Kevin Samuels crowd the, I think those are the personality types that he was trying to address with his platform. Well, a lot of these women did have high expectations that I'm like, well, I've never even thought of these things or, or even thought to expect these things from men. And you looked at them hmm? and you would look at them. I would look at the women. those women. It's like, hold on. Oh Yeah. Like yo, like why? What? That's what you're. That's what you're expecting. <laughs> and, and, and the thing here is, because what was it? Less than ten percent of men make six figures. Mm-hmm. And all of these women be expecting a six figure man, and they don't even make. And not even that near that. And not even that they don't even make it, because being fine can get you a lot in life. They ain't that. Yeah. And most men who make a lot of money, they find women. Mm-hmm. 
and their friends usually make a lot of money too, mm-hmm. who also date fine women. Right. So are you gonna be the one who show up with the beluga? <laughs> well, everybody got goddamn orcas. Yeah, but that's another thing. Everybody's perspective of what is fine and what is beautiful and, and you know, eye-catching is different. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you something about me and my partners. <laughs> we all have different tastes in women. We all have different tastes in women, right? Yeah. But there is a... There is a line of what looks good. Like, there's some fine-ass women out there who just don't do it for me. Well, oh, yeah, she's fine. Not into her. Like, I don't even got to get to know her. I can just look at her like, nah, that ain't my type. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, a nice-looking woman. And I know perspective is different. But, I mean, you don't, if you'd have been to a few states, lived in a few big cities, you done left the country a time or two, you know what fine is. Now, I ain't asking somebody who's never left Cartersville what they think fine is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I know I'm from there. I love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but what's fine in Cartersville? <laughs> well, I ain't going to I ain't gonna walk outside and ask one of these farmers and be like, hey, yo, hey, 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 uh, who's the finest girl in all, bitty? Okay, got you. You know what the finest girl in Albany is probably like a nine point seven. Cause it's, it's baddies in like every city. Mm. It's just like one yeah. or two. And then they move away. Or they have a bunch of kids because everybody wanna get at them. Or they start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and see that's the one thing he didn't get into. Well, like, which one of y'all smoke cigarettes? For real. <laughs> I think a man would have kissed Newport breath. I don't. I won't. All right, man. Let's get into this last topic. And it's a little nerdy. A little nerdy. We'll talk a little Rico here. A little Rico here. Uh, and, and you know, it's, it's it's more so centered around the young thug and and and, and YSL and them. You know, they get they got locked up this week, and we watched a little documentary on it. How did you feel about the Young Thug and uh, what's my man's name? I don't know. And Luchi B. Yeah, you feel nothing about it. Madonna's a ting I know and I'm the king of pop I'm building it's about young folk. I hate me when I never met the man. Woo. I I don't know. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> happy. Cuz we in the field with them bird like we play for the eagle. I'm on probation so let me not talk with the legal. So shut up. Today I woke up with my drinker she rich as a beetle. I didn't hear anything you just said, man. Okay. I'm being honest like I can't hear your hands in the video though. I don't I don't care. You care. Who cares? You care, baby. <laughs> but no, so uh Young Thug Gunna and some other YSL members 
were all taken in on RICO charges, right? And for those of you who don't know what RICO charges are, uh, I don't care about you, Sean King. Um, RICO is Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act. And pretty much what it does is, you know what? I actually have a YouTube video to explain to you all what RICO means so that I'm not explaining it. And it's not that dance that we start with they feelings when we start. So RICO is uh, uh, what's known as RICO. It's a short for Racketeering Influence Corrupt Organization. Um, any organization that is acting um, with illegal, um, has illegal activities from a regular corporation, uh, Wall Street corporation, to uh, gangs uh, can be prosecuted under the RICO Act. Um, in order to be prosecuted under the RICO Act, the prosecutors have to, uh, there's different levels uh, and different thing, different elements that the government has to prove um, when it comes to prosecutions of RICO. However, generally, the prosecutor has to prove at least two or three separate acts that the corporation is committing that are illegal. So, for example, when you are prosecuting a gang, a street gang with RICO, prosecutors usually would uh, show that that gang is dealing with drugs and committing murders. Uh, that would be enough to prove a RICO. Uh, depends on, again, how uh, what statute uh, section under the RICO Act you are being prosecuted under. Sometimes the prosecutor has to prove specifically those acts, and sometimes they can just generally prove certain acts Uh, when the jury deliberates, they don't really have to specifically tell uh, or vote on a certain act. They can just in general say, yes, we find that the, the prosecutor proved that at least two acts are uh, illegal. All right. So, boom, that that pretty much sums up what RICO is. So it's an attack on an organization and not an individual. But what it does is. It holds the individuals in the organization accountable for the actions of individuals within the organization. Uh, because if you think about it, it was a great, great way to dismantle um, the mob, you know, and it's a great way to dismantle gangs in cities where gangs are a problem, you know, because it's hard to get cut the head off the snake if you can never find it right because the snake's so long you never get to the head you just keep cutting off little pieces little pieces but it regenerates and it may not be as strong as it once was but it's so strong that you can't do anything with it so like i said young thug and gunner they were brought in or they they were arrested turned themselves in and indicted on um state rico charges in the state of georgia which hold five to 25 years and thug has two counts. So it's, he got two it, thug might be sitting down for a little minute, but if he gets caught, if, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. The code on shopping for cars. So yeah, after this ad plays, we're going to listen to Atlanta's, um, uh, DA, Fulton County DA talk about it. And we can kind of like go in it from there.
social media is a wonderful tool for prosecutors in every indictment we bring nowadays. Um, and let's talk about uh, obviously YSL. They're in the territories at Cleveland Avenue. It's no secret. We've seen a ton of violence. Uh, innocent bystanders get hit. Uh, so you guys believe that by getting them off the streets, that people in that neighborhood who are living in fear can actually have some, some peace now? I believe that people in that neighborhood and at every corner of Fulton County deserve to be safe, even if it is financially lower socially, economically. You know, I don't think that that belief, part of the community should be left behind. Um, me and the mayor and the ch police chief have talked about the fact that Cleveland in our community is referred to as Cleveland, that it is somewhere where just violence occurs, where they're marking up territory, it's blood territory. Um, it's horrible. And you're absolutely right. That community deserves to be safe. And we are hoping that this helps to keep them. In a recent interview, you said coming weeks and months to expect indictments, legal charges, gang charges. We see that with fear, but this is only focused on the YSL gang. At that time, you used plural indictments. Should we expect more indictments against singular gangs in the coming weeks and months? Is that what you're meeting with that quote? Yeah, and if you're already aware, we dropped an indictment not that long ago against um, YFN. Um, it is certainly a tool that I believe in, which is using RICO. I believe the reason that I believe in it as a tool is it allows juries and the communities to see the complete picture of a crime so they can truly be educated and have facts to weigh when they're making decisions. And so if you're asking, should you expect to see other RICO indictments against under other street gang organizations? Absolutely. All right, man. So let me tell you something, right? So she's going to use RICO to clean up the streets of Atlanta. Either she is dead set on cleaning up. Shut up, Siri. Either she's dead set on cleaning cleaning up the streets of Atlanta, or she's ready to extort the music industry <laughs> by by going after YFN, which is Lucci's gang, uh, Young Fly N words, and YSL, um, Young Slime, Young Stoner Life, yeah. yeah, or Young Slime Life, depends on who you ask. Um, she is taking a stance on some of the some of the you know biggest artists in the city, and maybe the people around them are cold blooded criminals and need to be where they're going. And maybe the 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 faces are cold blooded criminals and need to be where they're going, or maybe they just orchestrate criminal activity. I don't know. That's not my place to say. It's the jury's place to say. But when you're going back to 2012 for Young Thug, they go all the way back to 2012. And now he's one of the biggest artists in the game. He's using his record label to employ his family and friends to not only just suck like so they're not sucking him dry. They're not leeches, right? They're feeding into they're feeding into the machine that creates more money and a better life for them. And, you know, they're from the street. They do street stuff. Apparently, he just um, acquired 100 acres, and he was going to start hosting festivals there. Is this why we're going after him? Is is it the powers that be saying, whoa, 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 Thug is trying to do his own music festival that people will definitely come to? Other rappers get the idea that we need to, like, pull the game card now and go after the stuff that we know is going on? Or is the DA really trying to clean up the streets of Atlanta? Because don't get me wrong, like Atlanta's gotten real, like, it's been crime, but it's gotten a lot worse. And I'm skeptical of politicians, for one. Sorry, I am. 
But I just wonder if she's trying to actually clean up the streets or is she trying to make a name for herself for her next move? Or is she just trying to extort these people? Because the powers that be will pay a lot of money. I don't know about YFN now. I'm like, eh. But YSL? Gonna have a number one album over the weekend. Thug's last album went number one. We was pushing P. We was slat. We was sliming. You know, anytime... I mean, Anytime Thug is on a feature, on a hook, it it it, it goes, right? It, is she just trying to get some money for the city? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm i just curious. And she talked about Rico paints the full picture. Maybe if we're acting in concert. But if we're not acting in concert and we're just part of an organization, it does not paint a full picture. It paints a false picture. Now, imagine, right? But Equal Rights Media, right? My media company. We hire, I don't know, five, six employees to work for the company. And they have on But Equal Rights stuff and they go rob somebody. And they regularly robbing people. I don't know they robbing folks. Right. Or if I do know, I say, hey, y'all relax. I heard y'all doing this. Well, no, no, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. No, bro. Then they do some other stuff. Then they start doing stuff in the name of the of, of the company, but it's just them, and they're doing they're taking legitimate business and doing shady stuff on the side. And now they 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 laundering money. I don't know that they laundering this money because they they getting cash, and then they they making their money right in my books for what I'm expecting them to bring back, but doing the other stuff. I got to get locked up for them. We're not acting in concert. We're part of the same organization. But they were acting independently. Right. Well, that's a lack of oversight. Oh, forgive me. I'm not checking people's bank accounts in their pockets. <laughs> I don't hang out with my employees after they leave work. You know what I mean? So I think that I think that the Rico is lazy cop work. I, I honestly think Rico should be unconstitutional. Hey, you criminal justice warriors, I know y'all want to defund the police, which is stupid. You don't need to take money away from the police. You need to redistribute the funds. Ain't need to change your slogan from defund the police to redistribute funds inside policing. All right. Um, y'all need to go attack Rico. Because Rico can get people really messed up, especially for those who came from the slums and have now left that life. Maybe they they left their friends behind and they have the association because that, that's what they came up in, but they're not involved anymore. I was in a rap group in high school. Max Def did not rap ever. I was just in a rap group. I was not a rapper. But if, 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 the, if the Max Def guys decide to go crazy, and they get here with the Rico. Yeah, I took the pictures. I went to a couple shows. I'm in the little video slide show from back in the day, but like, I ain't doing that no more. I still rock with the guys. But I ain't, I'm not doing that no more. I don't even think they're doing that no more. I don't even think it's, let me shut up. 
But the point that I'm making is you can still have the association. You can have the affiliation with the people, but not the association with the eggs. And I think Rico, hell, I think uh, cameras at stoplights, I think informants, I think all of those should be illegal. Like, hell, I personally think roadblocks, uh, 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 was it tra- uh, speed traps, all that stuff should be illegal. You are looking to you are looking for somebody breaking the law, not catching somebody breaking the law. The assumption, like that's assumed guilt, right? When you give a rat a wire to go get information, that means you were not good enough at getting the information that you needed. So now you got to deceive them because you're assuming guilt. Because if you already had the evidence, you'd have a warrant and you go get them. Right? You get the indictment. No problems. But you need the evidence, so now you got to send a rat in there. That means you're not doing your job well enough. Now, I'll give y'all undercover. I'll, let y- I'll still let y'all keep undercover, which that's close to my list, but I'll give y'all undercover because it's you doing the work. But it's still you intruding on something forcing somebody to entrap themselves you know if you didn't catch me if you didn't catch me speeding or speeding that school zone that camera shouldn't have got me because what does that turn into you can put a camera everywhere and any crime that you see it, it, it the algorithm pings back to headquarters now we could take this person's information and we lock people up for every crime we ticket every crime so then we live in a super secure world, but we have absolutely no freedom. That's what Rico tells me. That's what that's what that's what snitches tell. Not snitches, because ain't nothing wrong. If you want to snitch, you go ahead and snitch. But informants, no, 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 no. But I mean, somebody snitched on somebody. That's what this is coming from. <laughs> Probably somebody from YFN snitched on YSL because of the the the, the documented street beef. Like that's document, but I don't want to talk about street beef because I hang out in Atlanta. <laughs> Y'all think they gonna come after me? But I, but the, some stuff I want to talk about, like uh, involving that, right? And you heard her talk about using social media uh, in the investigation, and they also use song lyrics, which is freedom of speech, which is entertainment. Which, it, so if, what's my man's name? What's my man's name uh, from Goodfellas? Um, Home Alone. No. Uh, the the bad guy from. from oh, the little guy. Yeah. Uh huh. I know you're talking about. Yeah, him. Right. Anybody from a mob movie. If they happen to be connected to the mafia, because I think a boy from The Godfather definitely is. He's too good. If we use him acting in those movies to tie him to the Gambino family, is that right? Should that be legal? You know? No, it's entertainment. Exactly. So we're using song lyrics. That some of these artists don't even write. They just perform. And 
they're doing it to relate to people because people want to hear about that gangster shit, even if they they never done it or they don't do it anymore. And we're going to use those lyrics against them. I only see it in hip hop. I don't, I don't see it in any other genre of music. What was it? Uh, 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 Kelly, not Kelly Clarkson. Carrie Underwood said, I took my key. Slip to the side of his prayer little soup to four-wheel drive. Carved my name into his level seat. Took a Louisville slug of both headlines. Flashed a hole in all four tires. So if that happened to, to one of her exes or her dude, we just gonna just put it on her because she made the song before he cheats over 10 years ago. We gonna do that? Like, it was a hypothetical song. And most of the stuff is dramatized for the entertainment. Exactly. So how are we picking and choosing what's fact and what's fiction when you don't know? Yeah. But then that spawns the question, well, maybe people who are in the streets should stop making street music. That's their outlet. And they shouldn't have to, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like, and why can't I talk about my experiences? Right. And here goes into one of my criminal justice reform things that's unpopular. But if the behavior has has been corrected without being caught, do, do they need to go to jail? No. It was corrected. Right. Like if I don't, it's not a recent offense. I don't think Thug is still out here in the, in the streets just banging and and raising hell he doesn't need to he may do it for fun <laughs> I doubt it I know I assume people around him do mm. you know the lesser paid you know the ones who may take their, their salary and try to make more with it with you know by doing other things mm-hmm. he may be aware of that stuff mm-hmm. but he's just paying you to do your job and what you do with your money after after payday <laughs> that's on you honey. Right. I don't, I don't care what you do with it. I just care that you provide the service that I need from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think it's it's an attack on hip hop. I think it's an attack on um, prominent black culture. But I don't know, man. I I don't know. And, and then, you know, one of the charges is like being in a gang. Because being in a gang is illegal. So why ain't Chris Brown in jail? Why ain't Lil Wayne in jail? Why ain't Gucci Man in jail? Why ain't Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg crib walked and threw up crib at the Super Bowl. Ain't nobody it's hey hey miss hey Mr. Dog <laughs> Mr. D up D double O G Hey, 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 hey. We're gonna have to D O double G. D O double G, yeah. We're gonna have to gonna have to escort you out of here in cuffs. You know what I mean? I think the game is still walking around just fine. You know what I mean? And there's countless other gang members in the public eye who happily rep their sets, but those lyrics aren't being used against them for illegal gang activity just because they're in a gang. So with the Rico, right, are we going to hold every blood or every crip accountable for the action of every other crip because they're a part of the same organization? I think it gets really convenient, right? 
and we can apply it to corporations. We can apply it to corporations. So when the owner is scraping off the top, right, he's, he's stealing from the stockholders. Are we going to fire? Are we going to lock up the janitor because he's part of the organization? Now, maybe I'm being a little bit dramatic here, but that's what Rico is telling me. We're t we're holding people accountable for the actions of an organization. How about you hold the individuals within the organization accountable for their actions? And if you can tie it to everybody, then go get everybody. If we're running a drug, a drug ring, a prostitution ring, and we all are eating off of this, lock us up. But if I got guns and she got dope, but together the dope and guns make the guns illegal, but the guns were legal without her dope. What if I, I ain't know she had dope? I ain't know she had it. Why am I going to jail? That's crazy. Why am I going to prison? Uh oh, part of the same organization. Get with the Rico. Okay, and then lastly, as I close this out, at what point? Do you remove yourself from people who are living a not-so-legal life? If those are people that you grew up with, people that you came up with, people who have taken care of you, people who still look out for you, because what people... I think what the justice system fails to realize is when these performers go in cities, they're targets. And some of these gang affiliations keep them safe. Some of the gang members keep them safe. Some of these guys who aren't afraid to get in a shootout, aren't afraid to get into a brawl, keep them safe. Because we hear about chains getting snatched, people getting jumped. I mean, the baby, he fighting every other week. I mean, he hell, he'll fight his security. He don't he don't need security, but nonetheless, you see these you see this type of stuff happen. And this is just these people trying to, you know, make a living for themselves. And also support those who are supporting them. And should my dope boyfriend be punished because he's my security guard? Now, he's my security guard who happens to be a dope boy. I ain't got nothing to do with his dope boy business. I have nothing to do with that. I said, hey, man, stop selling dope. Come be my security guard. But if he chooses to take his 35000 a month I'm giving him and put it back into dope, I can't tell him what to do with his money. Oh, well, then you fire him. Well, he's doing a good job as a security guard, and what he does in his personal life ain't my business. Yeah, but if it affects your business. But why should it? True. I don't know. <laughs> Again, individuals should be held accountable for their actions. And I think what Rico, the the goal of Rico was to attack organized crime. Mm -hmm. But I think what Atlanta is doing with Rico is trying to take a stance against cleaning up, taking a stance to clean up the streets and the easiest way possible to get the convictions is to do it with Rico because it's going to be harder to make individual crimes stick. And if you go back and listen to what the lawyer talked about in the video as I opened up the segment, it was about with Rico, you don't have to tie the crimes to the people. You just have to tie the people to the organizations and the crimes to the organizations. Oh, yeah, no. 
So it's easy to prove. Look at you getting sleepy. But yeah, man, I just want to close it out with that. Uh prayers for prayers for Thug, prayers for Ghana, pray, prayers for the YSL family. And here's what I'll say to you all as I close this out, man. Don't get hit with the Rico. Understand the law, understand the place that you are in life, understand the people that you have around you, and understand that when you come in somebody's house, you got to follow the house rules. So even if you don't like the laws, if the laws don't make sense to you, if you think it's whack, if you think it's a blatant attack on hip hop, I agree with you. But understand that you leave yourself exposed by the things that you do, the people you're with and the things that they do. So look out for you. Look out for them. Stay safe and free thug. Slap, slap, slap.